Green into the hands of LeBron James. Butler on him. Green coming up to set a screen. James goes the other way. Drives down the lane. Back out to Green. Green for three. Off the mark. No good. Marquis Morris has it. Throws it inside and throws it out of bounds. With 2.2 remaining. So we wanted to do the instant reactions um, coming out of game five of the Miami Heat versus the Los Angeles Lakers, but we had some audio issues going into this podcast. So you're going to get like a Colin Cowherd, I think just recap of everything that um, everyone at Tanthea Seniors has been watching and observing uh, in the Heat game, because let's be honest, going into game five, we thought it was going to be a coronation for the Lakers and for LeBron James. The Lakers had seemingly put the heat away and like let's be honest, the Lakers are a they're not a deeper team, but at the top they have LeBron and Anthony Davis, who are two of the top five players in the league. And then that alone would have you think that they can get it done in a game where they need to close out. And there were a few bad omens going into the game and I think bad omen won was the Lakers forcing the Mamba jerseys into the series after they had essentially said, yo, we're only gonna wear these in game two and in game seven. And then there was a story that trickled out that they were forcing them to game five. Like, come on dog, you don't need to do that. Like, it's, it's even in the entire history of Lakerdom, the way they win their, their, their finals are in the purple or the gold. Like they just don't, don't even try it, don't force it. Um, Shouts to Nelly and the Cape Verdeans for that. You, you don't really have to, have to force it, and they they pretty much they pretty much did. And going into the game, you knew the Heat weren't going to roll over just because of the nature of I think how that Heat team is set up. Um, they had a defensive scheme that was working, and it worked in Game Four. The Lakers just made more plays. They made better plays. KCP came through and that got us to a game five where the Heat were still confident and you could tell that Jimmy Butler and everyone was still confident the Heat just weren't hitting their shots and part of the narrative was going to be that there was going to be a Duncan Robinson game. Duncan Robinson who was a weapon in the regular season but we also knew that he was having difficulties and struggles in the playoffs like Dan Lebertard and Mike Ryan um and the Levitardans who got show kind of always talked about whenever there's a Duncan Robinson game, the Heat are going to end up winning. And we saw a Tyler Hero game versus the Celtics when Hero goes off at 37. You're not beating the Heat in that kind of scenario because those role players will get you to a certain point and then Jimmy Butler can take it the rest of the way home. But in these circumstances, like, think about what happened. Like, the Lakers win... Um, game four and then there's a, a few days layoff so everyone gets to rest up and that includes LeBron and Jimmy who played a lot of minutes and took a lot of shots and had the the I think lion share of that game and of that battle and going back and forth I would um, I talked to to Nal and the rest of the guys in 10th year seniors in a group chat where we talk about basketball and I remember going back to the Christmas Day game. And one of the things I wanted to see from LeBron during the Christmas Day game was Kawhi and his camp was talking a lot of shit. And they were talking a lot of shit. It, and to me, it was unwarranted. Because Kawhi was saying, like, when LeBron gets to me, LeBron has to guard me. And this is why I thought it was unwarranted. Is because 
yeah, the Raptors had beaten the Bucks in the series, but when they got to Golden State, Kevin Durant was injured. And then in game six, Klay Thompson being injured. So I, I just don't think, like, when you talk about, like, footnotes and asterisks title, that is one of those footnotes and asterisks title, at least to me. And then to have that bravado coming into it, coming against LeBron, who had beaten a fully fully healthy Warriors team. And the, the greatest uh, finals game I think that I'd ever seen was in 2018 game from an individual player, I'm saying, was LeBron taking on a superstar Warriors team and even getting that game to overtime and then J.R. Smith brain farting. And, you know, that is what it is. But um, so it is with like with that mindset when Jimmy Butler was taking it to the Lakers and taking it to LeBron, the one game that he had won is when Le, uh, Jimmy Butler had scored 40. So we knew that he was capable of doing this. The Lakers knew he was capable of doing this. And I did not see defensive adjustments from Frank Vogel um, that matched the defensive adjustments that Eric Spolster had made when Eric Spolster knew that there was something like going um, going wrong with his defense and with that zone scheme that worked against, let's be honest, lesser teams. Like it worked against the Bucks, but, you know, Giannis ain't LeBron. Like, this is just not going to happen. Is is That's not how that series was, was going to play out. And even, like, a player like Rondo would destroy the zone. So here it is now. We're in game five. Duncan Robinson is going off. He's having the Duncan Robinson game. I think we kind of all expected. The Heat are going after 50-50 balls. They're really fighting through um, all of the, like, the Lakers, I think, advantages in, in talent and LeBron is having a game like he's playing like he wants to close this out but are the rest of the Lakers matching LeBron's intensity and the the answer kind of was no like Anthony Davis was injured but the rest of the Lakers were just not matching his intensity and we came to the Heat are scrapping and they're fighting and the Lakers took a while to overcome the hump. And I think we also saw this in game three versus the Nuggets where the Lakers were down by something like 20 points and they had to really fight through. And um, they came close to uh, taking the lead versus the Nuggets, but just couldn't do this. But in this game, they actually did take the lead and the Heat just never went away. And it's funny that we are in October right now and we're in, Octo- we're in October, and that's the Halloween month. That's the Michael Myers month, where the, the supervillain or, or the killer, you ha- actually have to decapitate them. And that's how the Heat are. You can't just beat the Miami Heat um, pretty much. You can't, you're not just going to like blow them out and expect for them to roll over or go meekly into the night. The Heat are going to keep fighting. And honestly, for me, LeBron is the MVP of this series. But to, for you to do that, you need Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis was there to do that in game four. But it, he was like laboring up and down the court because the Lakers were in the mindset is this is it. Like we are finishing them now. And Jimmy Butler was getting calls. And I, I will say this, man. I remember 2006 Mavericks versus the Heat. And Mavericks versus the Heat was... Um, Yes, Shaq was there, but it was also ISO basketball versus um, the team nature of those 2006 Mavericks team. And the Heat were down two games and nothing. And then Dwayne Wade started getting insane calls. Like, 
Calls that probably drive Mark Cuban crazy to this day. Calls that if they didn't happen, um, who knows what the calls would be in 2011 and the one Mark versus LeBron's legacy. But Jimmy Butler was getting those kind of calls. Like they were outsized superstar. There is some contact, but it's debatable. But the superstar gets a call. Jimmy Butler is now getting those calls. And the Lakers kind of have to adjust to that. Like if you don't hit it cleanly out of his hand, if there is contact, he's going to get the um, preferred whistle. So, I mean, for for the Lakers, they had to adjust to that, and I don't think they did. And Jimmy Butler, LeBron would switch on to him, and Jimmy Butler would say, fuck this, I'm going at LeBron. And LeBron was having that exact same kind of energy for him on the other end of the floor until it got to, and we're going to come to this now, until it got to like, Maybe the last um, two-minute sequence where Jeff Van Gundy basically said on the broadcast that Eric Spolstra should be getting the ball out of LeBron James's hand. And that's the only way that the Heat have a chance of winning this game. And the Heat's defense dictated that. They said, if we are going down, if our season's on the line, let's go down with someone other than potentially the greatest player in the history of the NBA shooting. So... The rotations were, let's make Danny Green, let's make Casey 3 let's make anyone else take that shot. And in the, in the previous play, um, there's an air ball. Anthony Davis gets the rebound from the air ball. I guess, it, I mean, you could kind of call it a rebound. Anthony Davis gets, uh, gets the ball and he puts the heat up too. For the last three possessions, the Heat are going strictly through Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler is the one either driving and scoring, and he's playing Butler bully ball and going to the lane. And I think for for anyone who is a LeBron fan, you wanted that exact same kind of energy reciprocated, regardless of what the defensive schemes were, but you wanted that aggression in taking it to the rim, and if there's another option after you take it to the rim, then you pass the ball. So Jimmy's still... Um, getting these calls he gets the call on anthony davis who does not go straight up that is not a vertical that was a foul anthony davis committed and he puts jimmy butler to the line jimmy butler knocks down these two uh free throws remember jimmy butler had missed similar free throws uh versus the bucks and put his team in a pretty uh poor position and against the celtics but right now in these files he knocks him down and it's to lebron with the ball um almost had mid-court, one-on-one with Jimmy Butler. And this is the moment that caused, I think, all of the cons- caused all of the consternation in, uh, in NBA Twitter, in the NBA sphere, because LeBron James, um, a screen is coming from Danny Green. LeBron James drives right into the teeth of the Heat defense and pass- kicks it out to a wide-open Danny Green at the top of the three, top of the key. Uh, for a three-pointer, and Danny Green kind of short rims it, hits it at the front, and look, Danny Green has struggled the entire bubble. So when people say that this is a shooter's gym, I always think like, okay, but which shooters? Because there's a lot of shooters who this has not been a shooter's gym for. Like TJ, even TJ Warren, remember he was hot early in the bubble in the quote-unquote regular season of the bubble, and then when he gets to the playoffs versus the Heat, he is not the same player. And Danny Green has just been cold and has been, you know, you heard the term Danny Green uh, to describe him and just 
bricks it and it goes out and bounces to um, bounces to Mars, who has a brain fart, is trying to get it to AD. And when Mars gets it, and I see the pass up in the air, I don't know how it's going to fall, but I do kind of assume that it's going to go to AD, but it like sails out of bounds. And the the things you think about is the Lakers just fucked away um, their chance to win the championship right now. Uh, and they give the Heat um, life, they give them motivation, they give them confidence. And there are a few things. Like, one, I think a lot of the debate has been, why did LeBron shoot the shot? And I've heard pretty much both sides of the argument. Like, the first side being um, LeBron James made the correct basketball play. And early on in the night, I thought that exact same thing. Like, he made the correct basketball play because what he did was he had... For Heat, he sucked the defense in. It made sense, but in, upon like watching the replay of it, the thing I saw, and, and I like even being a LeBron fan, and like you, it makes you think of like LeBron apologists, because in that moment, that is the correct basketball play. Yes, and is that is that all it is? Period. Full blank. Um, full stop. Point blank. That's not what sports is like, though. Because that because when I say that's not what sports is like, it's because why people get called the greatest is because they make um, suboptimal decisions. So that suboptimal decision was, okay, I'm going to take Jimmy Butler one-on-one and I'm going to get a shot either by going by Jimmy Butler without calling for a screen that allows a double to come um, or a pick and roll that's going to allow the double to come and get into the center of the lane and force Bam Adebayo to meet me at the rim where LeBron then has the option to passing to AD or kicking it out to for a corner three. But what seemed to happen on that play was that the screen comes, there's a double, and LeBron forces both players to then chase him to the side because the Heat are, they also know that time is running out. And by the time Danny Green misses the shot, there's still a full six seconds left for Morris's rebound, so the Lakers have one more play in them. And Morris has a brain fart and fucks it away. So who are the who's to blame for where we are right now? And just quickly, of course, is Danny Green missing the shot and Morris with the brain fart and Danny Green makes fifteen millions a season. And I just I typed yesterday, that's so many millions to miss that shot that they brought you in to hit in that exact moment. Because like it's essentially that they brought you in to hit a shot. Um where it's the only one that you have to hit to make up for everything. Because Casey, Casey 3 made up for every joke, every amount of slander, every um, Casey 3 signs to clutch. And then um, clutch, uh, the Lakers only give him that contract because they believe that they have a relationship with clutch where they can get LeBron to come. All of that is out the window based off of game four. The contract has been fulfilled. He has done his job. And Danny Green is now facing the one moment where this is your job. You get this championship. Because even if the Lakers were to play and to lose next year, you win one championship, everything is it is what it is. Everything has been um, equalized. You've gotten the amount of money because championships are so hard to come by in the NBA, which is what makes this the fight that the Heat have so much um, so impressive because they had so many chances to quit. And Danny Green had that moment. And he missed it. And I honestly, I don't believe that Danny Green slept last night. And if you're a LeBron fan, you always felt like 
what the fuck, man? Danny Green was hitting all these shots for Kawhi. He hit all these shots when he was with the Spurs. And now come to the time where he is with LeBron. Now is when he misses these shots. And Snoop Dogg went off. Because Danny Green on the back of his jersey has how many more to um, kind of discuss the, uh, get into the, like, the the Black Lives Matter movement, right? So how, how many more people? Oh, man. It is just such a, what a sentence to have on the back of your jersey as you continuously miss jumper after jumper for the Lakers that could potentially, like, end this series. And we're going to see what the Lakers are like coming off of a loss. We have seen what they're like in previous, um, in previous uh, playoff series. But I do have to say that this Heat team is different. And it's different in the way that the LeBron James Cav team seemed to be different when they came back 3-1 versus the Warriors. Is that there's a, a quiet confidence to the team in that they believe that their guys are going to make the correct decision all the time. And then that's how they feel. And that's how they were even when it seemed like they let go of the rope. If you're a Heat fan, you know the entire thing about Heat culture. Pat Riley putting the photos into the <laughs> bucket into the center of the room and burning it. The don't let go of the rope thing from the um, big three Heat era. And this organization just has, I believe, no quit in them. And we're to the point now with LeBron James where, because we can debate on the shot, and you saw famous Los online last night um, kind of saying like, yeah, LeBron James has to take the shot, and it's not about what the correct basketball players, because people were saying legacy game. I don't think that this was a legacy game for LeBron James because, man, if you've been watching the career, you know what the legacy game was. The legacy game was... Um, versus the Mavericks legacy game was game six versus um, versus the Celtics it was in OKC to close OKC out it was game six versus the Spurs and game seven versus the Spurs those were the the legacy games and it's the games versus the Warriors this is this was not a legacy game now if they get to game seven that will be I think you can like kind of equate that but what LeBron's done I think kind of speaks for itself and lives on its own but the 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 thing that for Laker fans and it's a weird marriage between Laker and LeBron fans because I'll be honest, man. Like I like watching good basketball, but the there was a, an an annoying streak to those fans that kind of came in when they were up three one, and it's sports, right? We're going through a pandemic right now, so people I think are going to be like extra aggy about like the things that they want to happen because. You can't control it, and you want like one solace of happiness to be the Lakers winning, or LeBron winning, and cementing the legacy. And when you think like the Heat are playing with house money, because the Heat are gonna be here for a while, and here I mean at the top of the league. Like, you know, I'm gonna pray for um, KD and Kyrie Irving, because when they lose in six to the Heat in 2021, it, the takes are gonna fly like when the Clippers lost. But for LeBron, was this a legacy game? No, and coming down to that last play, did the LeBron make th technically the wrong decision? No, he did not. Would I have preferred he taken the shot? Like, yeah, because there's um, there's like the analytics framing of basketball that says that three is, you know, I know this is dumb to say, like the analytics of three is more than two, but the Daryl Morris of the world, um, 
Sam Hinkie is that there's a way that you can jerry-rig basketball for um, your best possible outcomes. And like I said, like LeBron taking this, taking a shot over one-on-one over Jimmy Butler is suboptimal. Statistically, is it the best shot? No, but it is the shot that the Heat and Eric Spolstra do not want to happen. And that in and of itself is maybe why you should take that shot. And it's it's part of the drama of sports that that guy is going to take the shot um, if you leave it alone and if you don't like call for pick and roll and if no one helps. And I think like both of those things can be true. Should Johnny Green have hit the shot? Yes. Should Marquise Morris has made a better basketball decision and passing it to AD or passing it to wide open LeBron? Yes. But all of those things are um, talking about like the multiverse. All of those things stem from the decision that LeBron makes to drive to that side of the basket. And here we are, I think, like heading into game six. And for LeBron and for the Lakers, like think about what this season has been. This is the longest season in NBA history. And you had like the protests about um, protests that happened before the bubble protests that occurred during the bubble and what does it mean does this distract from the rest of basketball and from the rest of sports and is this then just basketball and for a moment last night when Danny Green misses it was pure just basketball but then for people who like enjoy the career of LeBron James you know had this happened on a Thursday there would have been one sports shows like replete with people shitting on LeBron and the Lakers and the decision he make and then picking the heat in seven and you would go back to all those 2010, 2011, 2012 arguments before the Celtics game and about like LeBron's uh, mental facilities and about where he sits in NBA lore. And I think even more like where he sits as an activist and all of that is coming into play because LeBron James and the Lakers lose this. Like, you better believe Jason Whitlock and Laura Ingram and all of those um, other people are going to come out and say, you know, fuck this. Like, this is what LeBron gets and are going to dance on dance on the head. And, and I just was, I, I woke up this morning and I just said, like, the Lakers should be uh, drunk or hungover right now and telling everyone to go register to vote. That's what this Saturday should have been. And instead, we're going into game six where the Lakers could really possibly lose this because we don't know the health of AD right now. And we don't know if Danny Green is going to go full Nick Anderson um, private pile on us right now um, and where he might just be unplayable because he might be catatonic. I, I honestly believe that as someone who watched Nick Anderson um, I'm old in 95 like chuck away those free throws the magic could have been a better team but they didn't have it against the Rockets anymore once that happened and LeBron is a, a better player and Anthony Davis like I haven't Shams has not like sent out a Shams bomb saying like ah oh, it's over like Anthony Davis isn't playing so if Anthony Davis is playing this is on him and LeBron and Caruso has to play better and honestly Casey three I trust and Kuzma I don't trust and there we are. And really for the Lakers, you have to think if you stop Jimmy Butler and don't allow Bam to have an incredible game, it's going to come down to your ability to defend three-pointers without giving up four-point plays and then acting 
like the worst fucking actors in the world. Like I don't understand how Kuzma and Caruso don't think they foul someone when it's an obvious foul. But if you know that those whistles are possible and that Jimmy Butler is getting Dwayne Wade 2006 whistles, you have to approach the defense differently. Or, you know, it comes down to Scott Foster could um, just be refing game six. So there we are. And I think, like, that's it. I wish we had um, someone else like Nal or um, Char or Ashley to, to be on, but apparently no one else has auditioned to kind of talk about this game. Uh, but it it is one of those, like, it's a great distraction. And two, it does matter. I can tell you one thing, like, things that I will not be doing during game six. Drinking, preparing a, <laughs> a meal, or just, like, any, I might actually watch this game just strictly on the laptop just to see how it happens because the outcome of this is outsized now. And, and you really, you really feel it. This is one of those, like, fun, exciting NBA seasons. And it was going to be before where people were trying to discredit the championship or put an asterisk on the bubble or saying that it was a cakewalk and now that 100% cannot happen. And I I said this before that this is, I said this I think going into the bubble that this seemed like the harder championship to win to me. Like regardless of who won it, if you made it to the finals in these conditions under this kind of restraint, your body and your mind was going to be very so winning this was going to be so much more like impactful and then going into the 2021 NBA season um, it's going to be so different because even the Lakers and the Heat are going to be different because I believe the Heat might um, just wait on Giannis but the Lakers know that they have to add to their team if they truly believe that they are going to um, um, really put away the other contenders in the West who are coming so that's where we are and we, I just wanted to put something up headed into game six technical difficulties this is the second time uh we've done this pod but there it is and you know, this is the first time any of us i think have called a coward a pod that was almost 30 minutes in and there you go and expect the memes to come through danny fucking green man this is a danny green game for sure <laughs>